when I was in high school, I used to read Kurt Vonnegut, and I still read Kurt Vonnegut. What did you read when you were in high school? Well, I, I'm embarrassed to say that my life has been shaped by the teenage novels that I read when I was um, younger. So I've, when I was much, when I, even before high school, in high school I think I was reading um, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn and uh, uh, other books of that sort. But, but really, the books that were written for teenagers or that, that had teenagers as their major, as their main characters, those are the ones that have just ruined my life. It's That Stack of Books. I'm Steve Scher with uh, Nancy Pearl, Katie Sewell, a room full of folks you're going to meet in a moment. So the, the question was, if I have this right, Katie Sewell, and you correct me if I'm wrong, the question was, what books were you reading in high school, and are you still reading them now? Or college. doesn't have to be high school, but an author that you really loved in high school or college, and if you still find that that author resonates with you today, and if yes or no, depending on the answer, um, why do you think you were attracted to that person at that age? Sure. So why were you still attracted to... who? You didn't name any authors. You were oh. just... I can easily name authors. <clears throat> Betty Cavana. I mean, these are the books that I dream that somebody will bring back in print just so I can ha have them again, although nobody in their right mind would want to reread them. I mean, they have such classic titles. Going on 16, The Boy Next Door, Accent on April, Angel on Skis. I mean, they're so what, Paint Box Summer. They're so wonderful. They're so wonderful. Not having read any of those books or even being familiar with the genre, why, and of course because I'm a male, why were they wonderful? Because they presented a life, for me personally, they presented a life that was so different from the life. Oh, Spurs for Susanna. Oh my gosh, that might be my absolute favorite. They presented a life that was totally different from my life. And... Um, you know, it was a very sunny, I mean, the girl, you know, there was issues, always issues, but it was a sunnier, lighter life, I think. So, and, you know, and, you know, you go to the senior prom with somebody, and then you end up marrying them in the next, not the next book, because you break up for a little <laughs> while in the next book, but in the, in the next book, double wedding, your twin sister gets married at the same time, hence double wedding. That's, those are the books by Rosamond Dujardin. Double, double date, double feature, and double wedding. I, li I like how they were immediately your twin sister and, and, and your date. Does that answer your question? Valley High, is that what that is? Katie, Katie, Katie Sewell. There is no comparison between Sweet Valley High and the Betty Cavana books. Believe me when I tell you this. Well, I never read Sweet Valley High, but my sister was very into them, but also in a very visual way. She used to get them out on the weekends and lay them out in order along the floor because all the covers were sort of uniform but in different colors, so it would make this beautiful pattern. And whenever I asked to borrow them, she would tell me, no way. <laughs> These are mine. You'll well, not be touching them. Well, my sister and I, both we both loved the Betty Cavana books, and we would have book quizzes for each other at dinner, you know, we would say, um, what was a, what color 
oh, um, what, like what color were April's skis, you know, in accent on April or, or, you know, things like that. Why didn't Susanna want to, why was she afraid of horses? All of that. We used to do all that. So that, that, that's a way that she and I are, are close. We have the same reading of Betty Cavanna. Does, does that answer your question, though? Is that getting to the heart of your question? I just learned more about Nancy in that last few minutes than I ever knew before. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Have you lost respect for me, though? No, no, of course not. I have more respect for you now. Uh, boy, I, I'll have to rethink my Kurt Vonnegut answer then. Leslie, what... Do you have an answer? Do you have an answer to that question? You know, it was different at different times. When we lived in uh, in the little town in Ohio, it was a horsey community. So we had to read anything that had to do with horses. And there was the whole series of Misty Achinkatig and Black Beauty. And uh, I don't know, there was one called The Little Colonel. And uh, I doubt that you could find it these days, but that it was kind of fun. And then when we were not very good, we would be sneaking our parents books like The Valley of the Dolls and Peyton Plays <laughs> and, and, and the nasty books. And then, of course, I got a hold of my parents, or my mother's mostly, because she was, she was the, the mystery reader, Ian Fleming and John McDonald and all those things, and that sort of got me hooked on mysteries for my entire life. So, you know, I think those, those patterns start early. <laughs> By the way, I think you just came up with a whole... Uh, Group of books that should be published, the nasty books. I, I think we can. I think we can already. We can already sort of envision what those, what those would be like. Would you? Oh, would you include um, John D. McDonald and and uh, the James Bond books as the na in the nasty books category? They were edgy for teenagers. Very edgy for teenagers. Yes, and I don't think, you know, I think I think it was the the librarian both at at school and in the little town that steered us towards the more wholesome books. And so the rest of them, we snuck off our parents' nightstand. <laughs> Mary, you have any nasty books in your past? Uh, well, I remember um, going on vacation and my parents were in the front seat of the car and I had um, Love Story hidden inside my geometry book. Uh, my mother would not have approved of Love Story because the, they were living together. And my good Catholic mother didn't want her 12-year-old daughter to know anything about that. Um, so that would be my, and that and, and The Godfather would probably be my brush with nasty books. <laughs> this topic has changed. <laughs> well, well, bring it back. So, so you, you ask, because I want to know what Mary is, uh, what was shaping her? What author really appealed to you in high school and or college? And I just, I... I been thinking and I just can't come up with an answer to that question so fair enough well maybe we should cha change we'll do that. what about Judy Bloom or, was, or were you past that no I did read all the Judy Bloom books um, and I did actually I really liked um, Ursula Le Guin um, the Earthsea trilogy I just ate those books up mm -hmm. but I haven't read those I haven't touched them in years and I, I don't know whether I'd like them anymore yeah, no, we can't change it because I want to know more about the nasty books. Robin, you ever read any nasty books when you were a child? Yeah, I keep thinking about um, the Adventures of Moll Flanders by Defoe. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I think there are a couple others like that. It shows you how starved we were for. Uh, uh, Did you say Tom Jones too? Books. <laughs> I think Maul Flanders is a pretty great character, though. <laughs> I don't know. I, you might want to try Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. I have. I remember reading that. That was, and the group by Mary oh, McCarthy. Oh my gosh, yeah. That was so wonderful. Oh yeah, I think I read the group too. And. Uh, <laughs> I see that face, Katie. <laughs> see, you thought there was going to be some sort of intellectual, aspir aspirational sort of answer. No, Katie, the, the books that influenced in high school, the ones we had to hide inside of the Life magazine covers. Fair enough, we all had those. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you were just reading, you were like reading surgery textbooks and the like when you were growing so, up, right? No, I, I, I would put in a plug for the idea to get young kids to read, let them read whatever they want to, yeah. because I didn't like to read when I was elementary school age. I didn't like books. I didn't like to read, and I can remember if I could mention two genres that really caught me and, and got me to read when I was in probably junior high, and one was a publisher came out with this line of books for boys, and I don't know who the publisher was. I don't remember any of the authors. But I can tell you all the titles of the books. It was The Story of the U.S. Marines, The Story of the FBI, The Story of Guadalcanal. And I remember reading those and just being carried away by them. I thought they were wonderful. And the other thing, and we're all friends here, so I think I can say this, is there was a group called Classic Comics. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so, you know uh, graphic novels have now come back. But when I was a kid, I read The Last of the Mohicans in a comic book form. And, and I read The Count of Monte Cristo, and I read The Three Musketeers, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, all as classic comet, comics. I loved them. I thought they were fascinating. And later on, I had to go back and find out who were those authors, what were they writing about, what was this all about. And I think it was really an introduction to uh, literature. Did you save any of those? Pardon? Did you save any of those? I wish I had. No, I don't have any of them. Because they would be worth some real money. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the series, and maybe it's the one Tom's referring to, is Landmark Books that had these uh, history books. Yeah, and, books. And Richard Tregaskett, Guadalcanal Diary. I was reading all Landmark this books. war stuff. Yeah. As well as Fanny Hill was another book I liked, which is uh, kind of, is that John Cleland or somebody who... That was a kind of a nasty one. But, uh. <laughs> so, Roz, either, either shaped by, by nasty or innovation, authors that you, that you were tugged at in high school or, or college? I don't know if I was really tugged, but um, I remember reading books, and I don't know, it was like a whole series, but the title I, only title I remember was Clara Barton's Student Nurse. So I think I liked reading about strong women and women doing careers and do, having interesting lives. Um, and I had an aunt who had been a missionary in the 20s in northern China. And she used to give us books about children of the world or, you know, kind of social issues. So, you know, I read about Lucretia Mott and I had a book about this and that. So I think that's what, but I was probably a young teen when I read some of those. Yeah, it, actually it was Sue Barton. 
Oh, Sue, oh, it was. Yeah, oh, the, uh, yes, maybe Sue Barton. It was a series of, of right. they were fiction. Uh, fiction, yeah. yeah. So, Sue, so Barton. Sue Barton starts as a student nurse, and then the last book in the series, like thirty-seven books later, is like Sue <laughs> Sue Barton, superintendent of nurses. But she yeah, she does everything. <laughs> She's like a public health nurse. We had Cherry Ames, student nurse, and no. then she became cruise nurse and all those kinds of things. Yeah, so there must have been like this whole kind of thing that was going on there. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Cherry Ames <laughs> books were slightly different than the well, Sue Barton ones. Well, that's, I don't know, these were, these were definitely, that's what, in my house, I had no new books. So it was everything that was passed down from like older cousins or my dad's bookshelf. So I had like Happy Hollisters and, you know, Bobsy Twins and then these Cherry Ames student nurse things. And then I had my dad's P.G. Wodehouse and To Kill a Mockingbird and stuff like that. So I was like this really warped, like 10-year-old that was just <laughs> just reading just whatever was there and kind of out of, out of whatever was going on in the, in the wider culture, I think, except for the Judy Bloom books, which did, of course, get passed around. And I remember it was forever, I think, was the one that was passed around in sixth grade in the, um, it, with the brown paper bag around it and, and slipped from backpack to backpack. That was our, that was our uh, naughty book that went around. But. Do you think those books were deliberately written by women to influence young girls at a time when you know, the culture was speaking to women in a different way? A lot of those series books were written by a syndicate, so you didn't know who who wrote them, but the, like, uh, like the Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys and um, and all of those. Um, the Sue Barton books, I think, were written by Helen Boylston, and and her name is on all of them. Well, I own one of those. Super. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say, my my books are so embarrassing, but. Um, my mother would not let me read the Bobsy Twins because they were racist and anti-Semitic. And if you go back now, and the Bobsy Twins are, of course, are Nan and Bert and Flossie and Freddie, two sets of twins. Um, cute, huh? Nan, Bobsy, Bert, Bobsy. But they were, they were of their time, which was the 50s, you know, before this sort of consciousness about that you don't say things like that. And... And I've never checked, but I wonder if, with all the reprints, whether they've taken that stuff out. It would be interesting to look up. Well, how uh, respectable of your mother to see that sort of thing. My mother was very, for, very forward-looking in terms of um, civil rights and things like that. Uh, th when this question was posed about what shaped you, I would be very nervous about going back to a lot of the books. And so then when I had kids, so my son was um, going to look at Hardy Boys. And, and having a young son and a middle school son, anything that keeps him reading, right? So, you know, at eight or nine, whenever he was into Hardy Boys, I was like going to every thrift shop and pulling everything off the shelves. and just. But that's always been my question is kind of, what was not in my consciousness, and my parents did not read what I read, so if there was any you know, thing at a garage sale and I picked it up for five cents, they were going to be fine with me reading it. So I, in looking back, so I've just had to kind of had a dialogue and, and say, I don't even know what's in these books. You know, you know, you know what our values are about different things and, and just have to, but I'm sure that if I went back to the little house books, I mean, just all the things that were just so near and dear to my heart, um, that reading it now would be just so much of a different experience and juggling that question of you know just letting the kids just read whatever they want and just be immersed in it and and be taken away with the recognition that 
some of the stuff that we thought was wholesome back then actually would be really, really problematic right now. And some of the things that people think are more problematic now actually have values maybe that we would more espouse. So it's an interesting question to me when you go back to your old beloved books. That first set of books that you mentioned, have you looked at them recently? I have not read, I have not re, do you think I would admit that I read, reread the Betty Cavana books recently? Um, uh, I know, I know. Um, I have not read them recently, but my memory is that there is not anything, there's not uh, that kind of anti, that's not that kind of racist or anti-Semitic talk in those books. There's a lot of um, uh, patriotism, you know, in those books, sort of un unspoken patriotism. But more it's, I mean, more they're dangerous, if you want to talk about dangerous books, because of the role that the girls, I mean, because this is evoking a kind of idealized 1950s society. So girls are expected to do certain things and be certain ways. And so they don't challenge that kind of um, Eisenhower status quo, oh. that kind of post-war, post-World War II status quo that we, but that we saw. And, you know, so your goal in life in all those books is to get married and live in a house with a white picket fence, and they don't really speak very much about, although there is one very successful single woman in paint, in uh, I can't remember the name of the one, but it's about redoing Williamsburg. When when Williamsburg, when the Rockefellers bought Williams, or not bought, but when the Rockefellers um, financed the the um, I don't even know what the word is rebuilding. Tom, what would you? <laughs> yeah, the renovation of Williamsburg to to so people could see what life was like at at that time. So uh, is Sue Barton or Cherry Ames? Also, that sort of 50s uh, stereotype of how girls should be. I mean, because these sound like career women. Right. I don't remember that much about it, so I can't really say. But I think Nancy's right that um, you'll notice she said there was one very successful single woman in the book. But it would be unusual to be a married woman and have anything independent or successful career, I think, in any of those books from the 50s. Um, in looking at the, the question is what shaped us in reading the books, I think that, though I couldn't articulate it as an eight or nine-year-old, it is the books with the troublemaker girl. So in Little Women, you've got Joe, and I never bought that whole marriage thing in the second half. Like, if I went back to it, my memory is just the first half of the book, and never just, and then later on I learned the history of the second half, the artificial wedding, but... Um, Little House on the Prairie, you know, the main character is a troublemaker girl. Um, did you read All the Kind Family? Yes. So, and Henny was the troublemaker girl. So I think that was what I was, it wasn't career women who bucked against the, the, whatever the time period was, but it was these girls that bucked against what it was to be the docile, compliant um, child, and they usually had an older sister who was that model. You know, in, in uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder, Mary was just, you know, the epitome of nice and compliant, and um, of course in Little Women, you know. So um, I think that is interesting, is just going back and saying, okay, even if these women, they didn't show what uh, their eventual lives played out to be, but as a child, you can kind of look at and just what was it mean to be a girl child and not to play the role um, that maybe 
that society wanted you to play. So you mentioned um, the books um, All of a Kind Family by a woman named Sydney Taylor, and, and they're about um, a family in the Lower East Side of New York um, in the early years of the 20th century. And um, they're absolutely wonderful, and they are back in print. But so you could actually get them now and give them to people because they're so wonderful. But one of the things that you mentioned, Henny, who is the, the rebel in these this group of five daughters, and Henny borrows without her knowing, without her older sister knowing her sister's dress, and she spills like tea on it, I think, and, and so she, she takes the dress home and dyes the whole dress in tea, and so when Ella looks at the, Ella is the oldest one, gosh, these names just, just flow, yeah, right, right. Gertie, Gertie was what is so wonderful. Sarah, yeah, they're just wonderful. Hey Betsy, what about you? You had a whole whole twenty minutes to think about it. What what shaped you? Um, I've been listening because I did become a nurse, and I and I worked in public health, and I worked in the ICU. I never read any of those books, so I feel like I I have I need to go back you know, an important uh, thing for me to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I was in high school, I um, spent a lot of time in the drugstore, uh, flipping through paperbacks and lots of magazines, forbidden. Uh, one of my f uh, favorite authors, I haven't, uh, was Thomas Mann and um, Budden Books. And the other one I really loved and was Kazantzakis. I just picked that up. I don't know where, but I loved his voice, yeah. So what did you learn from this question, Katie Sewell? You posed it. What did you learn from all that? I wasn't the... setting out to learn anything. I just, <laughs> maybe it's a way of getting to know all these people better. I don't... Yeah, well, we did that. I mean, we're all shaped by some books, or even if we don't remember them, probably. There's echoes of it in our yeah. selves. And, and I think talking about books... Is is the, is one of the best ways of getting to know people, Sh just sharing memories or sharing books that you love. It just gets at something that's much much below the surface, and it's a wonderful way of getting to know people. Well, we'll do that again. Find us at that stack on Twitter, thatstackofbooks.com on Facebook, that stack of books. Find us here. Tuesdays, 2.30, 10.30, we haven't figured out when it's quieter. This is pretty quiet right now. Thank you all for coming, and thank you all for listening.